it's not just like this perfect little pattern. It takes work. It takes breaking things down. It takes forgiveness. It takes resilience. It takes showing up and risking. I think that's why vulnerability is so hard for so many people because you're going to be stripped away of a lot of your old patterns. And it's scary sometimes. Let's do it. My name is Mia Togo, and this is the Seeker and Sage podcast. Back at it again, getting a little deep on this episode, (laughs) getting a little deep on this episode of the podcast this week. Y'all know I'm all about some self-help. I'm totally all about going there and specifically over just, uh, you know, the last few months were whatever is actually sticking for me is sticking for me and I'm seeing change and growth and it's pretty cool. Well, Miss Mia has been doing this work for quite a while. And whether you want to call it like shadow work or, you know, the stories in your head, it, there's so many different ways to look at it, right? Some people do therapy, some people go to yoga, some people, it's just, there's so many ways that you can go about it. And the cool thing is there's no wrong way to do it. I think that shadow work is pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Um, I actually got the book that Mia uh, recommends in the show just to kind of check it out. I haven't really dug into it fully, mainly because I am still in the middle of the four agreements for book club happening um, on March 27th. So I've kind of just been like focused on that. But that's going to be one of my other books um, is to check out her, her shadow work. Anyway, I'm really excited that she's on the show because it was this is important stuff. We've all been through a lot. So it's nice to be able to, you know, express ourselves and everything that we've gone through in a way that makes sense for us when we're ready in a space um, that's ready for us. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before we start the show, uh, Saturday, everybody, is the 20th, March 20th. Uh, Yvonne Kingsley and I are doing a free dun, 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 pranayama workshop. It's going to be a one-hour uh, live class. Uh, we're just getting together. We're going to introduce you on some, we're calling it a, a, pranaya, a practical pranayama. So we're going to teach you about some yoga breathing and why it's good for you, how it helps reset your nervous system. And uh, if you're a yoga teacher and you take the, the class with us, you actually get um, continuing education credits. So you can sign up on my website. I'll uh, put a link down in the show notes. And uh, yeah. Give us some love on iTunes. I love doing this. I love sharing this uh, show to uh, to everyone out there. And uh, yeah, the more that you review us, uh, the better. You can always do a little uh, donation as well, so that we keep this um, show, uh, you know, commercial free and all that fun stuff. And we'll leave the support link down in the show notes. All right, everybody. Here is Mia Togo. Mia, our old studios are gone. What are we gonna do? You know, Danny, we we have to adapt. <laughs> I mean, we have to adapt and pivot. That's what we do, right? (laughs) No, this is bullshit. I want to kick and scream and have someone take care of shit for me. I'm done. (laughs) I hear you. And I do kick and scream. If if we go right into shadow work, that's part of my rinsing. I actually do physical rinsing as part of my uh, shadow work when my stuff comes up. So I hear you. I have heard, I mean, I've heard shit tons Mm -hmm. about shadow work and I, and I, I actually have, oh my gosh, I could go run to my book bookshelf right now and look there's a book on shadow work and i feel like maybe chopra was involved in it okay there's, a, there's anyway there's one on shadow work that i it's just been sitting there i gotta look into it but mm-hmm. i don't really know that i get the entire concept of what shadow work is although my assumption is it's kind of just dealing with your demons right yeah i mean it, it, it's referencing like you know the Jungian philosophy but I, I think the work goes way back to my own personal experience when i was dealing with my own struggles and inner demons and i looked like i had a really great external picture i mean this is back in my mm-hmm. 20s but down deep inside i was i felt like a piece of shit i felt worthless 
all of that stuff. So there was a disconnect. Um, and so I could create a great, mm-hmm. you know, external, uh, I guess, image, if you will, because that was the way I got validation and I could achieve and, and look like I had it together. But inside, I felt like I was falling apart. So there was a disconnect. And I think that we have to go to our unconscious patterns that develop, honestly, at child, usually childhood, because we're socialized, we get programmed. Yep. Um, to think and yep. feel a certain way. And the thing is, it's not bad or wrong. It's just, this is what happens. And there's so much discussion right now, especially about racial reckoning and unpacking. And that's the work I've been doing. I mean, honestly, for like 25, 30 years, unpacking, decolonizing, and really starting to rinse and process where that is held in my own psyche so that I can stop creating from the place that I, I actually know. It's And it's deep work. Like, but, it's no bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love the drama. Like, why? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I did too, my dear. I used to love the drama because I'm a fiery person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel it. When we, you know, you're saying, you know, as we start to think about like unpatterning and, you know, just kind of our our, our, our belief systems, I think is what you said. But are you are we going to like, would we equate it to like vasanas and like samskaras? Yeah, I mean, when... Look, we, we all born into the, the, the world that we're born into, whether it's, you know, the family patterning, it's our culture, the time when you're when we're born and all of those things. And this is all going into our system. So we didn't think it. We felt it. We started making connections before we even had languaging. So this is where we um, are starting to, to create the, the fundamentals for our belief systems. And so to unpack them and deprogram them, it takes more than just a mental awareness, which is a great place to start because my background, you know, I studied psychology and went to UCLA. It was my, definitely my um, desire to un, to uncover and understand some of my really dysfunctional and dis, um, sometimes very destructive behaviors. And so it, it, what I felt and what I learned is a lot of that, I, I understood it so much, what made, which made me feel even more nuts sometimes. I'm like, well, I get it. I get it. I understand this mentally. But a lot of times mm-hmm. it's an emotional, it's a feeling issue. And where a lot of us are not taught how to navigate our feelings, not na- taught how to navigate fear. We're, and in the yoga yeah. world too, that comes up. It's like be fearless. And that's so much spiritual bypass stuff. I, I can't with sometimes with the yoga world. I just like, it's totally. like the literal, like just never, never ending eye roll. <laughs> like I, I can't sometimes. And people are just like, just let go. Like that's, that's actually not how it works. You have to process, you have to unpack, yep. you have to excavate, you have to make sense. You have to bring into awareness. You have to get to know it. You have to befriend it. And then maybe you can move forward with it. But it's not just this big breath of, you know, letting it go and calling it a day. That's, that's really just putting a pretty little bow on it and sending it out the door. Uh, totally. Absolutely. My, my whole thing is you got to rinse your shit, rinse. You, like when you're triggered and off center, you're in a time travel, you are no longer in present time. You're kind of like in the back of your brain, you know, like the, the reptilian brain. And so we're in a fear, you know, a lot of us have this fear patterns and a lot of us have trauma. You know, we even, if we haven't experienced trauma in this lifetime, our parents have experienced it. And that's what I really learned about trauma is epigenetics and where I was carrying it. So I had to find ways to rinse my fears and my overwhelms. And, and I learned, had to learn how to process what was underneath it and uh, like really own it. Like you said, you have to own that shit and it takes work and it takes commitment. And sometimes people say to me, they're, they're, they're like, you're so light and airy, but I can also go down deep. And I do a lot of work of unpacking my stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it's, it's intense, but I feel like the deeper you go and the more willing you are, the more courageous you are to take risks in life. Cause you're not afraid of people taking you down because you're like, Oh, I can own that. I can own that. That's mine. Right. And right. no one can right. take that away from me. Right. 
Where did your, you know, like, is there like a, I don't even, I, I don't even know. Is there like a shadow, you know, like t- not maybe training? I don't know. Not training. Is there like a sh- shadow society? <laughs> <laughs> should we start a, a Dude, shadow society? <laughs> I think we should. Wait, like first off, everyone you heard on the podcast, we started it. We're coining it. Trademark is done. We're good on that one. <laughs> I love it. The secret shadow society. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> We we just go drink cheap wine and talk about our feelings. <laughs> that works, you know. I'm all, I'm all about that. <laughs> I love that's it. So good. No, but is you know like I <laughs> that's so good. I um uh, I, like I, I just you know the inquiry in my head is like yeah you had your psychology background but when you started to I guess the terminology of shadow work and it was mm-hmm. or like something that you trained with or someone that you studied with or something that this is kind of you've brought into into reality on your own or mm-hmm. like what are the what are the origins and 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 how did it I guess how did it become a thing for you? Well, it became a thing because I think I was in my 20s and you know I was doing my 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 work. I was seeing a therapist at the time and and then I was seeing my boyfriend, well that was a long time, but my ex-boyfriend and I were having a lot. He was, you know, uh, an addict and alcoholic. And so were his, his brothers and I wasn't, and I'm like, well, we just had all this trauma and talk about, oh, there's so much drama and trauma. And so we started seeing my teacher. Th- she is my main teacher. Her name was Mona Miller. Um, she was killed in a car accident mm-hmm. about 11 years ago. And the work I did with her was everything. And I always say, I feel like it really saved my life. And I don't mean literally, but I mean, emotionally and energetically. Um, she mm-hmm. just, the work I did with her, um, was about rinse. I mean, we did, we actually did physical rinsing and I still do it. I mean, I literally have a pillow and a base. It's like a tennis racket. So when I feel mm-hmm. my, um, they overwhelm or a, a disconnect or a trigger, I have a way to release it in a constructive way. And then I can process mm-hmm. what is underneath that. And so her book that she wrote, which is very impactful in the work I do, um, cause I've been a life coach for, 10 years now, after she passed away, I started doing her work and, and what I learned through it. And it was called Invisible, well, it's called Invisible Warfare. And the idea is if we want visible peace in the world, and I think most of us do, we have to heal the invisible wars that we carry inside. And she used to say, you know, long before this COVID pandemic, it's like we all have a, sort of like a flu. And the thing is, we catch the flu and we can be really pissed off and it's like, fuck you for giving me the flu because sometimes it just sucks. But the end of the day is that the flu is inside of you and you have it. You have to own it and heal it. So it's a way to rinse off like this is sucks and I don't want to have this flu, but I do. And then process where is it living inside of me? And then what is it teaching me? There's a lesson. And if I can learn that lesson and heal that flu, I actually get to own that powerful gift. So it's a process, but it takes, it takes courage and it takes work. And so I started doing that work with her long before I ever started practicing yoga. And in fact, I was a professional dancer like in the eighties and nineties. So I was kind of in my body already. So when I started practicing yoga, I really wasn't into it, <laughs> to be honest. It seemed a little airy-fairy. Yeah, sure. I was like, let's do airy-fairy yeah. to me. And I'm very totally much in my masculine in that way, but I'm also very much in my feminine. So I felt like the yoga at the time, until I found, and I actually started practicing yoga works. And that's when I was like, ooh, I like this. Because the smart uh, sequencing and the the alignment detail I really resonated with that because as a dancer, like, well, this just makes sense. Like you just don't throw a bunch of shit out there. Cause I feel like sometimes yoga is just right. like, it's a yard sale and like, let's throw every pose out there. And I'm like, no, I'm just feeling confused right now. Um, right. so that's why I started practicing there. And then, yeah. And just teaching and learning to, um, bring sort of integrate 
the work I did, had done with Mona and the philosophy, like really understanding um, and embracing, I love the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. I love, you know, the Kleshas and Pradipaksha Bhavanan. And really there's, there's so much of that psychology in there too, like flipping things and understanding and getting to the root cause of our, our pain, because if we don't, we're going to suffer. And it's kind of the same thing. You've got to, your life is going to have painful shit go down. It just does. But if you don't yeah. do the work to understand the lesson, you don't get to heal it and you, you miss the wisdom, right? You miss the, the gems. It's so hard though. You know, like, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of shit to unpack. Very similar to, you know, your, 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 your partner at the time, but the mm-hmm. same, same when I, you know, I often share my story. It's just out there. Right. But like, I often yeah. share about, you know, the drug abuse and the suicide attempt and just everything, you know, it's when you're seven years old and you know, your mom is going in and out of prison and is, you know, wasted all the time. Your seven year old self doesn't know how to process that emotional trauma, you know? So it gets stored somehow. And then you end up building a pattern on that. But even as an adult, like I still catch myself, I literally just caught myself with my boyfriend the other day where I was like, Hey, sorry, I wasn't able to really effectively communicate. I should have stopped when I felt a triggered emotion come up. And instead I kept going in a conversation that led to, of course, nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard even as an adult, man. I'm 36 and I'm like, I feel like I should get some of this shit down, but <laughs> it's never uh, ending work. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, you say, <laughs> I say this. Oh, I say this when I start working with people and I start coaching them. I say, this work is deep. You have to want this. Like, you're going to have to do the work because it's actionable. When we, we'll talk and we'll unpack. And look, you do have to understand your history. Like you said, it's like we have to look at where we came from. We're not going to go back and relive history, but we have to understand mm-hmm. the roots of where it comes from. Like, a lot of our. Um, a, a lot of our patterning, how we saw love, like, right. If we saw mom and dad in a dysfunctional version of love or a codependent or an abusive that went into our system. So love is going to have a lot of what is not love in it. And so we're going to play that shit out with our partners. And the thing is, right. that's not bad or wrong. That's how we learn it. So if we're able to do the work and like you said, Danny, it's like, I'm sorry, honey. Like I just, I just fucked up. <laughs> that's okay. Like yeah. we are not meant to be perfect. Like let's take that pressure right. off. If we can be aware of it and go, Ooh, I need to go back into my corner and own that. That's how we build intimacy, right? It's not just like this right. perfect little pattern. It takes work. It takes breaking things down. It takes forgiveness. It takes resilience. It takes showing up and risking. I think that's why vulnerability is so hard for so many people because you're going to be stripped away yeah. of a lot of your old patterns and it's scary yeah. sometimes. I want the five minute, I want the five minute abs version of this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honey. (laughs) No, I mean, I I kid, I I totally kid. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's interesting. I had this, you know, first off, like just as a side note, I have been dying to talk to you because we've been in orbit for God knows how long. It's just your name has come up, and like I see you online, and we cross on the same schedule, and we're like in the same universe, but yet we've never actually like hung out. So that's totally, the first. yeah. But the, the second, you know, is I think about it, and I, I can't wait to like hear. I want to hear your 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 teachings on this. I think about you know myself as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I am a direct birth product of Jason Crandall and Noah, you know, just like it just straight, straight up. I learned from them first. So the anatomy is in me, like the cueing is in me, all of that is in me. And, you know, one thing that I've shied away from that I, I'm really stepping into, you know, I've committed to step into is like, my story is very powerful. And I think that there is a way to utilize that and the wisdom of my story and how I've gotten to, you know, 
what's worked in life. And it's not just the movement of asana. That's a part of it, but actually being embodied and, and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to slowly pull those nuggets, you know, nuggets out just to, again, not to flaunt, but to, to, to maybe spark an inquiry or even, you know, yeah, that's it to spark an inquiry and, and, and see where it comes up. And I didn't realize that that was actually part of doing the shadow work. Like you make sense of it. And then when you can draw the wisdom from it, that's really where the growth of it begins to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like you said, yes, and we have been orbiting and I'm so glad we, we found a place to, to land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the gift. And because having been a yoga works teacher, I mean, I've been a teacher trainer for since 2006 and I've mentored in the professional program. And when I mentor other yoga teachers, I definitely bring in, you look, we'll go over the anatomy. I I really, you know, having been a dancer, I understand the anatomy and I love the, you know, breaking down the component parts and, and, and and all the ways of understanding asana, because I think it is important. And I I consider myself an alignment teacher. Um, At the same time, what I've Mm -hmm. also learned is we all have such different bodies and experiences and journeys. So we really have to, and I, I'm sure you are the same way. We have to modify that alignment. If you're a man or a woman, if you're what age you are, what like all of those things we have to uh, factor into that. So I, I think the energetic alignment is so, so important. And the more that we go through our own process and the more that we understand and heal and own where we feel separated or where we feel disconnected or triggered, then we embody that and we can bring it through our teaching we're not, it's not like we're even trying to, to, to bring it in. It just moves. It's like a channel that opens. So the asana mm-hmm. is a way to, to, to yeah, to, to kind of deliver or plant those seeds of the philosophy or the, the healing part of what, or the medicine of what yoga brings um, in a way that comes through our own journey. And I think that's what makes a teacher so relatable because it's authentic. It's not like you're trying to bust something out. It's just coming through you because you know how healing and how heart opening it's been in your own your own life and your own process, and that's what I always cherish in in teachers that I I resonate with personally. This, I mean, so this is something that you you I mean, you bring in the sh- can you give me some examples of how you bring in some of the shadow work in in your teachings and even in your you know uh, not the coaching because that's like a whole like thing in itself, but maybe like when you're working with other teachers and mentoring, how you mm. bring in um, you know the shadow. Yeah. I mean, look, I just started last, I'm going to give myself a little plug because I'm really proud of myself. Last year, I created, <laughs> yeah. I created an eight week coaching journey because when I was working with Mona all those years ago, um, Mona Miller, we used to have group. And so in this group setting, it was so powerful to be in community with other people that were going through struggles and that were sharing their stories and we were able to hold space and it gave us permission to to break shame and to be seen and to see other people. So I created this eight-week coaching journey last year and we did it on Zoom online, but it was really powerful and I created a whole e-workbook with it and the whole thing. But the first weekend is something that it, whether you're a yoga teacher or not, it was the first weekend was um, addressing the imposter syndrome, you know, and a lot of people, when they're really honest, they're like, I feel like I'm an imposter. And that that's when we get stuck in our identity versus our authenticity. So if I'm working, um, you know, mentoring yoga teachers, if they're feeling like I'm scared to speak my truth or wherever that fear is, I'm like, well, let's go right toward it. Let's understand, let's unpack. What is that fear saying? And usually, you know, it goes underneath that. Like, I don't feel like I'm worthy enough. I feel like my value is, is outside. I'm like, okay, well, that's understandable because that's all over the, it's all over social media. It's all over the world. It's like you're, you need to outsource your worth to be a valuable person. And we're, we got to insource it. 
So we got to flip that lens. Right. And so it's a process of uncovering it, listening to it, talking with it. Right. I, I, I do a lot of writing work too. So when you can write, you can express some of those fear voices that are coming up and what it's teaching you. Cause there's a lesson in every struggle. And when we can strip away, um, you know, some of that and unpack some of that old stuff and plant new seeds. It's like you're, it's like you're pulling a weed that you've been carrying, you know, and, and planting new seeds to grow something new that they can happen at the same time, but it takes, it takes effort. You know, it's like when we talk about Abiyasa, it's like the effort and the surrender part is like not giving up, but it's giving over to a new way of seeing, thinking and feeling. And it, it gets you back into your authenticity. And then you're going to feel more um, uh, confident in stepping into that space because you're not going to give a shit if people judge you. I shouldn't say that. We all care a little bit, <laughs> but you're yeah. not going to take that. We're going to do a little bit, but we're not going to, I'm not going to stop being who I am because I know people are going to judge me. They're going to love me. I mean, people are going to love me and people are going to judge me. And I'm like, as long as I'm staying true to me, that's on me. But if I take on all of their stuff, I can't show up and do the work that I'm here to do because I'm going to be so caught up in other people's opinions. I won't even know who the hell I am. So that's unpacking mm -hmm. that shadow work and going, instead of going out in to get our worth and value, we have to learn to go, you know, going in and out. So we maintain and keep developing and, and you know, uh, living our life, whatever we're doing from our authentic truth. I've, I've had, you know, a few moments where there's, there, there, we'll call them excavations, right? Where there's been like some big stuff that's just like, you have that like, whoa moment of like, oh my God, I believe this and that's a lie. And you kind of have like that, you know, just like that, that, um, it's like a spark of illumination. You know, you're just like, okay, I get it. I, I see that, you know, and I often waver, you know, I often find myself like me personally, and I'm sure anyone listening to the show, like where you're just like, you're on it for like, you know, whatever many months, you're just like, this is great. I'm awesome. I'm getting to excavate my truth and da, 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 da. And then mm -hmm. pff, just like a big crash and burn. And it feels like I have to start over sometimes. Just, mm -hmm. is that normal in shadow work? <laughs> I don't think anything's normal. <laughs> I think <laughs> I love when people say, you know, try to get back to normal one, like normal was not working. Let's fucking re right. release normal. Yeah. Let's be, you so. know, weird, different, unique. Um, uh, so yeah, there, I don't know if there's anything, but what I hear what you're saying to Danny. Yeah. Is that to be expected? Sure. Cause we're not fucking perfect. And we haven't, we really right. haven't lost it. We're now stepping into a new understanding of it. Right. And so right. we fall off, let's, you know, fall off the train or we crash and burn. Right. Right. It's just another level or another opportunity for me to, to, to practice like, Ooh, okay. That's my, you know, my negative self-worth or that's my, um, imposter syndrome or that's my self, like self beat is a big one for people because self beat when that comes in means that our shame is up. And we have a lot of shame and guilt that has been woven into our version of what love is. So to unweave it, there's no fast track. It's like the practice is like, ooh, I fell off, I fell off the train and my shame is up because I suck because I, I should know better, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. let's rinse these shame voices, the self-beat, so that we can get to what's the truth underneath. And if I can learn to listen to that truth and then love those messy bits of who I am, then I can love the parts that I have deemed ugly or unworthy and I get to actually take that in as, as a power that I have. I'm not going to um, avoid or belittle the parts of myself that I have deemed unlovable for a long, long time. So I think it's an opportunity to get more clear with your inner critic and that self beat. That's an old tape. And it's just another, mm. it's just another level uh, and another opportunity to work with it.
Yeah, I love that. I love that you, that you said it's another opportunity to work with it. Every time I do fall off, I mean, I'm I'm pretty. You know what? Here's the here's the thing about Danny is he's, he's uncensored. So you know when I'm up, I'm up, and you know when I'm down, I'm down, and you know, and it's written all over everywhere. You know, I'm pretty pretty open and honest about all of it, depression, all all the things. Like there's just no point in me hiding it because that's boring, um, and also a waste of my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like every time I do go through like a cycle, you know, where I'm like feeling great. And then, you know, I either overwork myself or for a lot of it for me, isn't, isn't the, the bypassing of it. It's just that I end up working too much. I don't give myself a day off and then I get tired and then I get hungry and then I get, you know, cranky. And then, so it's just easier for me to, you know, kind of set off like a time bomb and then there goes a big crash and then I burn out and then I start all over again. Normally I feel great. And and I feel like every time I do it, it's like a 10% learning. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I can, now I can actually feel it coming. And so I'll put it into awareness, like just out loud, like, oh, you need a day off. Okay. You need a couple of days off. Actually, you need no internet and nothing else so that you can just process <laughs> and be with Danny versus being pulled in every single direction. And some of the stuff that like we hear, like this stuff isn't new. You know what I mean? Like we, mm-hmm. this stuff has been told over and over and over and over, but you don't know until you know. And you don't know until you, until you go through it or, you know, sometimes you have to go through it. So, some people learn on the first try. Other people learn on the hundredth and twelfth try. <laughs> I've very rarely found anyone who work, gets it on the first try, but God bless them if they do. <laughs> um, it's <yeah>. hard. <laughs> Mia, yeah. It is hard. <laughs> this shit is hard. It is. And I think it's so important to name that and call that out because I think sometimes, and I know you hear this too, people like, social media brings up my triggers and I start to sell feet because everyone looks like they have it all together. I'm like, no, they don't. No, everyone's struggling. And, you know, we don't want to put all our struggles out on social media because that's just going to be like too, too, you know, too much sharing. Um, But it's a balance, right? And it's so easy to look at uh, other people are doing it and they were getting it together. It's like, you know what? It's like, keeping our, our, our focus on our own lane because we're all processing it and getting through it in our own way. And, you know, to me, that's, you know, we talk about our spiritual practice to me, isn't just about sitting in meditation and going to, you know, enlightened states of being, it's getting down into my animal and getting down into my, what we call the shadow, because I love my, the animal part of who I am. I do not want to lose that right. animal part. I want to work constructively with that animal energy. That's why I physically rinse. Cause I'm a, I have a fire breathing dragon inside of me. And if that fire breathing dragon doesn't have a way to, to rinse and release, and then I can keep my fire and my power without destroying myself because I totally hear you. It's like, I'm taking on too much. I'm doing too much. And I think a lot of us are drawn to being yoga teachers. Sometimes we overgive and overdo and it's, it's a fine line. And, um, you know, and that's, it's all about practice, right? Because we can talk about the philosophy till the cows come home, but we have to practice it. We have to embody it. And it's not a, a linear, it's not a linear path. It's circular and it's going to swim around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I I keep hearing the point of you know, like just the 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 people that. I mean, I see it so much on Instagram. I see it so much on Instagram. I talk about Instagram all the time on the show, but I really do see just people just like all the time. It's just like peace and love and peace and love. And I just, I I gotta call it bullshit, you know, because I don't I don't think that that person's just always peace and love and peace and love and peace and love. Like I don't think that that that's how the world works, or even how we work as humans, where. We have a beautiful array of emotions. Now, whether you don't want to, whether you're choosing not to share your shadow, that's cool. Like that, you don't have to do that. And that's mm-hmm. not, that's not for everybody to do. You know, you might want to work that privately, da, 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 da. 
But I do think that it's problematic to have someone just be like, yeah, just put positive vibes out there. Just put positive vibes out there. Like, why don't you sit with your sadness too and get to know it and then Mm. maybe take your sadness on a walk to somewhere. And if it happens to be positive, great. And if it doesn't for a little bit, also great. Yeah, I so am with you on that. I think good vibes only, if you know anything about me, is just a recipe for depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because when you tell mm-hmm. me good vibes only, what happened to the bad vibes? What, why did we call mm-hmm. them bad? This is the problem. That's judgment. Those bad vibes mm-hmm. are usually hurt. They're usually sad. There's usually pain. There's usually anger. So if you tell me I need to be good vibes only, that means I need to be up. And if I need to be up all the time, that means I can't sit in my own sadness and learn from that. It's like, give me a lobotomy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Mm -hmm. is such a recipe for depression. And, you know, being up all the time is not realistic. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go through pain when you're sitting, you know, with my mom was in a stroke in a coma. And I had to take her off feeding tubes before she passed away. That fucking shit hurts. And don't tell like, but I also know being with someone who goes to the other side and putting my dogs to sleep in my arms when they pass, there is a gift in that. And I do not want to lose the capacity to be with that pain either because it's part of my humanity. And if my spirit is here to learn about being in this human world, I better embrace all of it. If I can't embrace all my vibes, I can't embrace all of who I am. And I don't have my authenticity if I need to be up all the time. Yeah, that, and it it takes away your capacity to experience that, to witness someone else's experience of that. You know, mm-hmm. it takes away your capacity of, you know, sitting with someone else who's having to pull feeding tubes out or having a, whatever, you yeah. know, it is like it, it takes away that. And I think that's, you know, if you're, I don't know, for me, if you're doing, if you're in the work and you're doing the work, one of the main things, the biggest things that you can do for someone while they're going through any type of process is just to be a witness, right? Mm -hmm. Just to sit back and not have to manipulate or shift or change or offer. Like this is where you get to use your two ears and your two eyes and you just sit back and witness on that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you take away from, from, from feeling the, the, the sadness and feeling the, you know, the entire array of it, whatever you, whatever it is you lose that capacity to be there with that person. Because if you're pushing away your sadness, you're not going to be able to sit there with someone who's being sad. You're going to be like, well, that's something that I avoid. So I'm going to avoid this. Yeah. I, I, so yeah, I'm so with you on that too. It's like, I think it's a difference between empathy and sympathy. You know, the empathy Mm -hmm. is I can sit in myself while you sit with you and we can sit together and I can support you and love you. I do not need to fix you or heal you but I can hold you in support. Sympathy is very codependent. It's like, I need to feel for you. I need to fix you. I want you to feel better. But at the root of it, it's really selfish because it's like, I want you to feel better. So I feel better about myself. (laughs) So I don't have to feel the pain that's coming up. So we all, we just have to get over it. Where it's like, no, if I can sit in my, like you said, in my own sadness and tenderness, right? I can be with you while you're in your sadness and tenderness and just witness and hold space. Mm -hmm. And that's all, Mm -hmm. that's a powerful place of healing because it allows Mm -hmm. someone to be in their truth without trying to change it, manipulate it. And that's where, you know, the, the healing happens. I keep saying I'm unlocking like this next level of teaching. Like I've been teaching now for a little over 10 years and Mm -hmm. which means like I, my ears are barely wet. (laughs) <laughs> which and it's a short way of saying i don't know shit <laughs> well. but 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's true. You know, you really, you really don't. I, I, I don't think that really you, you really know anything in teaching until about twenty years. That's really when it's when it starts. That's just my own personal opinion. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I feel like I'm unlocking this like new side of teaching where before. I felt like I had to say a lot of stuff in the room and that's what I did. That's, you know, I learned all the things. So I had to like put out all the information out there, you know? And then what I realized was, you know, Janet Stone actually said this to me. She's like, Danny, there is so much information out there. And she's like, and people are starving for wisdom, you know? And and it really just shifted. Mm -hmm. It really shifted the way that I offer a couple things to guide, let the students do the rest, let them have their experience and just be there fully present, not in your own shit, not in whatever, just be fully there in the room. And I'll tell you what, Mia, ever since I've started to do just, just a little bit, just little hints of it, it's just, you could feel, you know, that the practice is a bit more powerful or it's just a little more juicy. You know, there's a little, there's a little more sweetness in there. Yeah. And what I'm hearing too, that that's, that's, that's really the direction I go with my teaching. And that's the kind of teacher that I really resonate with. It's like, yeah, give me, give me the alignment or give me your, your, the information. And then let me steep in the wisdom, but the wisdom, sometimes it comes through your words and it's your presence. And that's something you can't fake. It just can't. Um, And, you know, like you said, I'm coming, it takes 20 years. I do think there's something about aging. And I do think there's something about going through some real life shit that just yep. gives you the capacity. I feel the same way. It's like who I am as a teacher now is so different than I was 15 years ago. And, you know, I've gone through some life and I teach from that place and I'm just, you can't fake it. You just, you can feel that when a teacher holds that space. And even now teaching online, you know, I'm back teaching with yoga works. I teach at Tri Yoga here in Linden. I can feel that connection to my students and I can feel that, that sense of like holding the space, even though it's a virtual, you know, experience. and. Because mm-hmm. energy does, because you know what? Energy doesn't lie. And like, you know, like Janet said, it's like people want the wisdom and it allows yeah. them space to steep in their own wisdom and let it come through their own process. Have you noticed that you're teaching, um, you know, I guess your teaching online has shifted at all in, in regards to like the shadow work. I know you're still, you integrate this in your, in your normal, you know, your normal day-to-day teaching, mm-hmm. I guess, studio stuff. Have, have you shifted it in any way because everything's online? No, not at all. Like, I love it. I really feel so connected. But I feel really, you know, I have to say, I just feel really confident as a teacher now. You know, I just, I show yeah. up even the days when I'm tired, or even today, I taught at Yoga Works, and I was tired, because I see coaching clients, I see like, usually three to four clients a day, and then I teach a class too. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just gonna show up and bring what I can. And it was it was beautiful. You know, it's just this al- it's yeah. alchemy. If you allow yourself to just show up in your authenticity, and everyone shows up in theirs, there's this beautiful alchemy that every time, you know, is trusting that it'll just, it'll just unfold the way that it's supposed to. So no, if anything, I'm just more softening and surrendering into the experience and really, really enjoying it, to be honest. Yeah. I agree. I feel for me, and I'm totally, you know, this could be projection overruled at any given point, (laughs) but I feel like since I've gone online, it's given me permission to be even more real. Mm -hmm. Granted, the state of the world too, like, I just don't give a shit anymore. Like I really, I really yeah. don't, like, I don't, I'm not going to wake up today and try to pretend that I'm like happy. Sometimes I'll walk in and be like, you guys, I'm having a really shitty day and I really need to teach some yoga. So we're going to teach. And has anyone ever experienced a shitty day before? 
What is that? What is that like in your body? Okay, move. Like, you know, whatever it is without being like, hey guys, let's talk about my problems. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, there's a fine line. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> what I really like to do, Mia, is just go in and dump all my problems onto my students and have them sure. hold space for me and then I just leave. It's great. Sounds like a, sounds, <laughs> sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this, it's this new method that, I, <laughs> that, that I'm branding. I love it. Just dump your shadow work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but ever like, you know, since this, everything is online, it's, it, and I'm, you know, I'm teaching out of my home. Mm-hmm. I, I feel just a little more comfortable to fully be me in that fine yeah. line. You know, I, I can still, I can still be a, I, listen, I can still be a professional without having to weaponize anything. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to weaponize my emotions or my experience or my triggers or any of that, like by all means, but I, yeah. I can come I in and, and bring that out. And because I'm at home, I don't know why it feels like I'm just a bit, it's just a bit different. The way that I speak in class these days is, is, is just a bit, I speak to a lot of permission these days and it's probably because I've given myself more permission these days. Yeah. I, I love that too, Danny, because like you said, you just, you're feeling more at home or you're in your home and just, it, it's kind of like going back to too. It's like, uh, the world's changed. Things have shifted. What we value and how we put ourselves out there, that's changed too. And it's like, there's not as much room for bullshit. It's like, bring your authenticity. And if I'm having, I, I teach from that place too. I don't, you know, maybe come out and say I'm having a shitty day. I can say I'm having a hard time or whatever it is, however it authentically moves yeah. through you. Yeah. This is, right. I'm having a hard time. I remember one time I'm like, I'm really missing my dad and it's hard. And I'm just missing right. that community. I'm in my heart is tender. And like, there were tears in my eyes, but my, my community loves that. It's like, I'm not going to sit there. and like, yeah, life's great. Cause it's not right now. Um, and it right. doesn't mean that there isn't, that's why I love Santosha because I think, yeah, but I can still find joy in the, the tenderness and the joy mm-hmm. in that this is all part of the process. Um, so mm-hmm. I totally resonate. I love teachers who bring their authenticity, who aren't trying to like teach in a breathy voice and have everything calm. I, I'm like, no, be, come from your truth. <laughs> um, and I think people resonate mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> you mean you don't love this, Mia? I do not Welcome love that. Welcome to class. You're <laughs> now going to. Oh, no, I can't even. <laughs> one of my missions, one of my missions as as a teacher uh, this year is actually to, you know, there has been something that has gotten me from you know, you know, suicidal drugs and all that stuff to to now yoga and, you know, transformation, whatever you want to call it. And I'm trying to synthesize what that is. I'm trying to synthesize those pieces. And I know some of it's yoga, some of it's meditation, some of it's breath work, others uh, parts of it is none of that at all. <laughs> like, you know, it's just uh, some of it was, it was, or, you know, food. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a part of it is I keep thinking about like what I'm going to call this thing. And I, and I know it's trauma informed, but it's not trauma yoga. Mm-hmm. And I also know that it's like, you know, vulnerability work, but it's not vulnerability yoga. It's, it's, it's something else. And, you know, a, a good friend actually has been just saying, she's like, you know, you need to read this shadow book because I think that that's going to give you, you know, a little more insight as to, you know, to your process from struggling to surrendering. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of what it hit me. I was like, oh my God, it's, it's literally, it's from struggle to surrender. Yeah. And what got, you know, what got me there was inadvertently, I was doing some shadow work without knowing that I was doing shadow work. You know, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have labels and I didn't have uh, the vernacular to, to call it what it was, but man, I'm telling you, it's so potent and so powerful. And when you have the space, like the capacity for that space to see it in action, 
it is like superpower. It literally is like superpower. You're like, whoa, here comes the emotion. Mm -hmm. Something else that is not this part of me is, you know, that I'm in another place in time right now, but that's coming up. Mm -hmm. I need to pause that. I need to pause and, and, and get to know that a little bit so that I can continue living where I'm at in this moment. Mm, yeah. I'm trying my hardest to share a little more in class on anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the anatomy, the alignment, it, it's important to a degree, but it's certainly not everything. And um, I think, you know, kind of circling back on that shadow work and, you know, understanding our triggers. I always say triggers take us into a time travel, usually a trance, mm -hmm. you know, and to break that trance, it's not always easy, but the more that we can break that trance and come back into the present and do, you know, the processing, whatever that is to get you back. Um, and, and, but at the same time, understand the struggle and learn the lesson, embody the wisdom. And I'm making it sound real fucking easy and it's not because those triggers. <laughs> Good luck, everybody. I, know, I mean, I just put that a lot into, this has been my work. Um, I would recommend if, you know, a book that my teacher wrote called Invisible Warfare. It's brilliant. She's passed on 11 years ago, but it's so, there's so much depth in there about shame and guilt and addiction. And, you know, her thing she used to say is everyone has addict energy. I'm not going to say everyone's an, an addict, but the addict energy right. is anything we do to escape our feelings because a lot of us were not taught how to feel our feelings. We, we mm -hmm. confuse it with being emotional. And when we have a feeling that's stuck in a spin of self-beaten judgment, it spins and it spins and we become an it's emotional. And that's why emotions get a bad rap because we spin. And I was like, well, that's scary. But if you learn how to rinse those feelings to move them through, then the feelings are no longer, they're not necessarily facts, right? But if you believe right. them to be true without understanding them, you deem them as real and that creates your reality and that we keep attracting this back and it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy so we have to to really get to the root we have to understand and feel at the roots of some of the belief systems that we have uh established about ourselves and about other people there's a lot there right. I, I threw a lot out there right. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah there there is a lot out there for sure and i think i think that it is super important that we invite that into you know, whether you're a practitioner or whether you're a teacher or whatever it is, you know, I think it's, it's, it's just a really cool opportunity to get to know a different side of yourself and to not have to pass that on to anybody else, you know? Yeah, it's so true. Cause history, as we see that this is another deep dive, I'm not going to go there too, but history does repeat itself. If we don't do the inner work, it just does. And we're seeing, you know, yeah. we're seeing so much with the racial reckoning. History is repeating, you know, we got to break it down. We have to unpack, right. we have to decolonize, we have to deprogram. Like, it's, and to me, this is yoga, right? Yoga is about deprogramming because mm -hmm. how are we going to, how are we integrated? How are we in union if I have disowned a part of who I am because it's difficult? I don't like it. I don't understand it. Yeah, it, it's hard. But that's the part you got to go own and retrieve and integrate. And like you said, it becomes my superpower because nobody can take that away from me. It's mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mia, so good. Well, I look forward to your, uh, your five minute shadow work, uh, <laughs> that you're going to develop because that's all I want. <laughs> I want to work on that five minute shadow healing. <laughs> Please. <laughs> it's going to make me this, a million billionaire. <laughs> This 36, 37 years of, of shadow work is bullshit. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this. I'm going to tell you that Mona used to say, you're going to get it when you realize you're never going to get it. So stop trying to get it. Just be in it.
it. And I was like, man. Right, right, right. Stop trying yeah. to get it. <laughs> I feel seen and attacked. <laughs> and loved. And loved. And loved. And loved. Aww. Oh, man, I'm so glad that uh, we finally got to, you know, land in, in, in this special place. I, I love, you know, having amazing people like you that keep it just so real and raw on the show. And, and you know, the listeners, I know, I know people listening out there enjoy this because it is just a conversation that so many people want to have and don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and I thank you so thank you so much for having me. And I'm so glad we we made it happen. 2021 made it work. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, finally, right? <laughs> Love it. Well, I appreciate your time on the show today, Mia. Until the next Seeker in Sage, this is Mia and Danny saying peace out. Peace out. Thank you. Thank you.